everybody. Welcome into the I Want to Know podcast. I am your host, Greg Jones, and I am the one leading you on this inquisitive departure into audio wisdom. Tonight is part two of my interview with Dave Pounder, adult film star, author, movie maker. Of course, he wrote the book Obscene Thoughts, a pornographer's perspective on sex, love, and dating that can be purchased by the simple process of going to IWantToKnowShow.com, clicking on that Amazon banner and picking up his book. It's quite the read. Speaking of uh, Dave Pounder and his read, I have gotten a lot of feedback from uh, a lot of female listeners who mostly do not agree with what Dave has had to say about dating and relationships. Um, but you'll have a chance to hear from actual girls at the end of the show. I have my best friend Deanna as well as my girlfriend Shannon joining at the very end of the show like I promised in part one. They will be discussing some of the things that Dave was talking about, his philosophies on sex and dating and uh, just some of his outlooks on life. I think it would be very interesting. Both of them are on opposite spectrums of the sexual experience, if you will. Uh, so it'd be fun to uh, have them dispute what Dave had to say. Nothing mean, nothing disrespectful, just uh, opinions from the other side, if you will. Anyways, I don't want to talk too long. I want to get you guys right into the show. Don't forget to pick up Dave's book, and I'll get the rest of the plugs in at the end. For now, let's talk to Dave. One of the things you talked about in the book was uh, you are totally for the legalization of prostitution. Absolutely. Uh, you know, a lot of your theories, as we've discovered so far, are based on economics, whether it's social economics or you know money economics and you say economically prostitution should be legal why are we so against it as a society religion it's all religion like if you look at the most religious societies look at like afghanistan look at iran right <clears throat> and even look at the united states i mean these these are countries that are against prostitution they are against pornography people are are you know if you're a girl and you're you do a porn video you're murdered basically in 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 these islamic countries in the us there's a huge social repercussion but not so much in canada in western europe they don't they don't give a crap you know what i mean here True. in the us if you did porn and you were a teacher or or a cop you lose your job there was a, a airline in Europe where they found out one of the stewardesses did porn and somebody complained. Nobody cared. Like, whatever. We don't give a shit. Like, you know, they have naked girls doing shampoo commercials in Europe. Like, <laughs> they don't have the sexual problems that we have here. So prostitution is legal in Germany. It's legal in France. It's legal in Canada. Like, prostitution is a no-brainer, right? It's, it's this religious um, – influence that's basically saying, oh, no, it's not what they want in the bio. I mean, look at gay marriage. You know, gay marriage is not a problem in Western Europe, nor is it a problem in Canada. Where is it a problem? Well, you're killed if you're in Afghanistan or or, or uh, Iran or Iraq. You're thrown off a building. In the U.S., you're just denied rights until recently. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And again, it's all tied to religion. It's not. It's not like you have these economists that are against gay marriage. It's not like you have sociologists who are against gay marriage all you have are religious people who are against gay marriage and they have a strong hold on politics but thankfully that hold is is slightly uh you know getting uh, loosened if you will but it's almost like if you want to get anything done in this country it has to be done through the courts instead of through the legislature because you know the the churches have such a strong grasp on uh on these on these legislators which is unfortunate you know yeah uh, so i think i think that's part of it but what i say in the book is that if you think about the age-old um transaction of prostitution a guy is paying for sex right right if the girl isn't going to have sex with him she's not he's not going to pay her and the girl's not going to have sex with him unless she's being paid so for women it's about accumulating resources for a man it's about sexual access now back in the day when people were married women couldn't work women were not allowed to work they were dependent upon a man 
for resources. And a man was dependent upon a woman for sex, period. And what happened was the wealthiest men were married, the most attractive women, just kind of like it happens today. And uh, <clears throat> that's what, and if you were an unattractive woman, you basically didn't get married and your family had to take care of you. You had to stay at home. You couldn't work, right? Mm. And women fought for the right to work. They're, this is bullshit. They're like, why should I have to be if, – if you're not a very attractive woman, why should you have to be dependent upon a guy asking you out? Why can't you be your own lawyer or your own doctor and make your own money? And I agree. I'm like, absolutely. Let her let her work. Let sure. her go to you know. Let her be a physician. I mean, edu- more educated people. Are, so a woman no longer needs to to rely on a guy to give her the economic resources that she wants. Um, however, a man still has to rely on a girl. If, if a guy um, is not high social status, it's difficult for him to have an attractive woman to have sex with, right? right? Just like if a woman wasn't attractive, it was hard for her to make to to have a nice lifestyle. That a, a, a rich man could provide, but now she can make her own money. So I, I say that legalizing prostitution is tantamount to the woman's right to work movement, where women were prevented from financial resources because they couldn't work and they had to get it from men, but now they can get it on their own through working. And men were constrained by sexual access unless they were the high social status men. They couldn't have sex with pretty women. Now they can. So now where a woman can say, I'm not going to marry this, this guy who's middle class because I want a certain lifestyle and I'll just go to law school myself. Now a guy can say, listen, I'm a mechanic and I want to spend my entire paycheck for one night with this beautiful woman instead of relegating to an average attractive woman. Now, much in the same way that many men opposed the women's right to work movement, it wasn't so much women, it was mostly men because they wanted to maintain social control over, over females. Mm-hmm. Um, it's mostly women who oppose prostitution because women realize they have so much control with sexuality over men that that they can that if a man has um the opportunity to go off and get sex on his own without having to go through her just like you know when when men had the resources they go before before they could work um that they're going to be in a have less bargaining power so you know i listen i'm a feminist a, a real feminist in the sense that i think men and women are equal okay so I think women should have the right to work. I think women should have the right to do whatever the hell they want to do. But at the same token, I don't think guys should pay for dinner. So don't tell me, oh, I'm a feminist. The women should be able to right to work, but guys should still buy dinner and bring flowers. I'm like, no, that's bullshit. If you're working, then you should pay for every other meal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's what's fair. You know what I mean? Um, so you have these people that are kind of like, yeah, you know how like the racist people, like the white, what do they call them? White supremacists? Yeah. Like there's female supremacists that are like, we want the right to work, we want the right to vote, and we want guys to pay for everything, <laughs> right? This is like, what's everything that can be in a female's uh, advantage? You know, advantage. Yeah. And then there's there's male, the male version of that, which is, you know, no, you know, uh, women should stay home and they can't work and we can control them and they should cook and clean for us and blah, 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 which I think is BS as well. But I, Listen, just just treat it fairly. Like like I shouldn't treat a woman any differently than I should treat a man. I mean, my my best friend or my female friend should be the same. If I go to dinner with my guy friend and we split the check, then I should split the check with my female friend. It, my friend Boris, my best friend. If I go out with him, we use it, somebody picks up the tab, and the next time the other guy, and it's, whose turn is it? It's not like I have to pay every time or he yeah. has to pay every time. But a lot of women, even with their with their platonic friends, have this expectation that the guy pays, and a lot of guys will pay just because they want to gain sexual favor. They want to be perceived as generous or perceived because they know women respond to that. And that's fine because they're doing it on their own. But uh, I'm all about uh, – and, and part of the reason that a lot of times with these girls, if I go on first dates with them, I just say, hey, listen, let's just go for – meet me at the beach or maybe at the pool. I'll be there. We can hang out. Let me make sure I like you first before I, I want to go out and uh, and spend money. But if it's – you know, if it's to the – what's unfortunate is right now, what is it? It's, is it Friday today? It's Friday. Yep. And uh, let's just say I hang up with you and I'm like, I'm horny. I want to get laid. I should be able to call up. 
a, a service, just like if I was hungry, I could go to McDonald's and have a girl come over. Like, why not? Like, if she wants to and I want to and, every, you know, the, the economy benefits, it's job creation, everybody's there by their own choice, you know? Yeah, uber um, prostitutes. Exactly. Like, why not? Like, why should I not have to suffer, you know? I'm like the girl who can't work, and I'm like, oh, I'm sitting in this city apartment, and I have a strong intellect, and I, I'd be a great lawyer, but society won't let me. So is there you any know? difference between dropping 100 bucks on a girl for dinner and getting a prostitute, really? Well, it's – I mean – Other you know, than the like, law of it? Charlie Seen says that he, uh, he, he pays not for the sex but for the girl to leave. <laughs> but the thing <laughs> is is <clears> – you know, the thing is is I, I think um, women realize their sexuality has value. And if you don't know the guy, you can charge charge more up front and say, "Hey, it's you know three hundred bucks or whatever it is." And but most women are not going to go out with a guy if they don't if he doesn't take her out to dinner. I mean, if you don't want to get laid, split the bill. <laughs> and you won't get laid, you know. And the thing is, is so I, I, I talk about that in the book. I mean, I talk about how how I mean, dating is basically socialized prostitution. You go out, you you buy get you some flowers, or some chocolates, or some, I mean, you're investing. Re- Think about a guy who spends no money on a girl, and see how lucky he is. Uh, in terms of having sex, they have the same connection, you know, the same common interests. But he's like, "Oh, can you get this bill?" <laughs> right? Because meanwhile, I don't blame the women. Because meanwhile, if I'm a girl and I meet two guys, and one of them's not make, if I have two guy friends and one of them's paying for everything, I'm probably going to hang out with my guy friend. It's true, but he doesn't. He's not trying to have sex with me. <laughs> you know I think mean? they would go both ways, though. As as a guy, if you had two chicks you were hanging out with, and one was like, "Hey, I'm going to pay for all your stuff," no, I would go out with the hotter one. I would totally go for the hotter one. Absolutely. If I have a girl who's a, a 10 on a scale of 1 to 10, and the other girl's a 6, and and the, and the 6 is paying for everything, and they both want to hang out Friday night, and I can have sex with both of them, I'm going for the 10. Absolutely. That's true. Assuming that you have the equal you know, chances of sex with each one. That makes sense. No, but yeah, but we're talking about the different respective things. So we're talking right. about women wanting resources and men wanting sex. So you're saying women can get can get uh, you know resources. Oh, yeah, I can see what you're saying, because they're getting resources... Well, for women get resources from one. Uh, so what's, what's the female analogy? You're saying if you're – yeah, right. Okay, so if you're a girl and you have a guy who's going to spend money on you or a guy who won't – right, exactly. So you have a guy who will spend money on you or a guy who won't. Now, would you rather go out with the girl who's a six that will have sex with you or the girl who's a ten that won't have sex with you? Probably the girl who have sex with me. Right. That's, so that's the analogy. The yeah. comparable analogy to, to the food is the woman's like, well, screw this. I'm going to go out with the guy who will, who's going to spend the money. And the guy's like, screw this. I'm going to go out with the girl. Out. Now, I would rather go out with the 10 who will have sex with me. And of the course. girl would rather go out with the guy that she has a stronger connection with that will pay for her. But in the end, you know, why not? And, and again, there's, if you read obscene thoughts, there's, there's uh, explanation. Did you read the whole book or just excerpts? No, I didn't get a chance to read the whole thing. Okay. All right. I'm curious if you read it, like what you think, you know? Yeah, I mean, from what I got, it was it was interesting. I don't honestly, I don't agree with everything, but I, I found it very interesting to read. What don't you agree with? I'm just curious. I mean, from a well, I mean, first of all, uh, let, let's say with like my girlfriend and I, I don't think it's that easy for me to walk in and be like, "Hey, babe, uh, tonight I'm cheating on you, and you're gonna be cool with it." Well, yeah, but I, I don't say that in the book. In the no, book, I, I, of course, you don't say it like that. But yeah, I mean, yeah. the the premise is that guys are not monogamous and that girls are uh, physically, right. and that you know they should kind of get over that to an extent. Well, what I'm saying is, it's not the book doesn't say that men should cheat. The, the book says men are cheating. It's just you know, we, why should we have to lie about it? So what I'm saying is, is um, we, my prediction is this: is let's say that you're a guy of high social status, right? How old are you now? You said your twenties. Yeah, thirty. Thirty. Okay. My my prediction is that if you are tall and personable and confident and outgoing and have social status, 
that you either already have cheated or will cheat. And and women don't understand. I mean, monogamy should be looked at like dieting. You know, if you only cheat once or twice a year, you're good at monogamy. You're not bad at monogamy. Although women will say you're terrible at monogamy, <laughs> right? Like if you're a personal trainer, you eat salads all day and, and you eat very healthy and you have a cookie on June 6th and the cheeseburger on October 10th, that doesn't make you a terrible eater or put you in the same category as people like me who eat McDonald's every day. Right. You are good at nutrition. I'm not. <laughs> okay. So, so this idea now, if you're a short guy, you're not that confident, blah, 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 then it, you know, uh, it's less likely that you'll cheat, not because you're this nice guy, but because you have less opportunity. Um, so that's kind of the, uh, kind of the premise. Um, but I don't know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. You know, it'll be interesting. You'll have to text me and be like, oh yeah, I cheated. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> I'm just saying you shouldn't feel bad. Listen, when you cheat, if you haven't cheated already, you just don't feel bad. Don't feel bad about it. Don't feel like, you know, you, you had to tell your girlfriend that you were monogamous because otherwise she wouldn't have gone out with you. Do you think she would have gone out with you if you said to your – think about your girlfriend right now, right? Yeah. If you met her and you're just like, hey, you know, everything is the same. I think you're beautiful. You know, I, your common interest, you're just like, I'm not interested in monogamy. Do you think she'd be dating you right now? Not at all. Not at all. Okay. So I posit that just being a man growing up in society, you've learned to say, I want to be monogamous, right? Now – the key predictor of whether or not you are monogamous is your mate value because men have an innate desire to cheat, but women are women are the ones who hold the keys to sexuality and sexual choice, and they go for what they want, and women want men of high mate value. So if you are tall – so just for fun, how tall are you? Six foot. Okay. You just hit the threshold. Nice. Are you confident? I think so. Are you personable? Actually, wait. That, doesn't that kind of answer the question? Are you confident? <laughs> I think so. You'd be like, yes, I'm confident. <laughs> so maybe you're not confident because you said I think so. Uh, you know, but you know, if you have that, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not Dave Pounder confident. <laughs> I, know, That's, right? I don't think anybody is. <laughs> what about Donald Trump? He's Dave Pounder confident. <laughs> I think he might have gone past Dave Pounder. <laughs> I know. Confident. I was gonna say I think he's beyond me. But you know, it's uh, but Donald Trump, that guy, I'm sure cheats a lot. I mean, you know, again, he's got oh, clearly confident, right? See, or clearly, but but. Because he can, right? If Donald Trump – look at Howard Stern. The guy's ugly as hell, but he's got resources and he's tall and he's articulate. You know, the, He has these things. Even though the guy is hideous to look at, he has a hot wife. You right. know what I mean? You, now find out – look at somebody else who's ugly but rich and powerful, and they don't have a, a uh, comparable husband. You know what I mean? So it's uh, – I know women like to say looks matter, but they don't. <laughs> I mean they say it looks matter, but if a guy really has all the other things. Notice I didn't say – I said women have to be young and attractive, right? Right. I never said that men have to be personable, tall, confident, successful, and attractive. <laughs> I, never said, I never threw attractive in there. They don't even have to be handsome, really. I mean like they prefer handsome. It's kind of like if a girl has a lot of money, it's a plus, right? If I meet a hot young chick that has, that's also an attorney, that's like icing on the cake that she's an attorney. Or that of course. Good money. And if a guy is handsome – but he, you know, he's tall, personable, competent, ambitious, social status. If he's handsome, it's like icing on the cake for the girls. But it's by no means a requirement. I mean, again, just look at Biggie Smalls, this big fat guy. <laughs> uh, and, you know, look at uh, you know Howard Stern or anybody else yeah. that's a position of high social status. Let me ask you about uh, Hugh Jackman. Have you seen his wife? Sounds familiar to me. Who is Hugh Jackman? Hugh Jackman, actor. He's in uh, X Men. He's Wolverine. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't really watch movies. Right. Which, but tell me about Hugh Jackman. So if you asked probably just about any girl on the street who Hugh Jackman is, they'd go, oh, and you might need to hand them a napkin, especially if they're into very attractive uh, older men. Is he an attractive older guy? He's an attractive old, you know, like a Clooney-esque type of person. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. It, his wife is probably 10 years older, and she's fairly large and not all that attractive. So, so the easy 
thing to say is, well, of course he's cheating on her. Right. Or they have an open marriage. Right. But why marry her in the first place? Now, was he in his social? Was he in that position of social status before he met her? You know, I I don't know how old he was when, the, or if he was famous. What, I, what I'm thinking is he might have been with her. He might have already been married to her before he got famous. He might have been he might have been with her when he was working the dishes at the dish room before he became a successful actor. You it's know what true. I mean? We don't know that. And number two, like I said, I, I talk. I don't. I don't know if I mentioned this in obscene thoughts, but there were, I had a friend named Renee who I connect with amazingly. But she is everything I don't want in a woman. She has like red hair, short, no boobs, overweight, like. Everything I don't want in a woman. She's like, but she's like, I'm like, if Renee were hot, I would marry Renee, right? Now, here's the thing. If we allowed legalized prostitution and we allowed open marriage, you know, like it wasn't so hard to find open marriages, I would totally marry Renee because we have so much in common. I'm like, I would totally, I wouldn't have sex with Renee, but I would like, you know, be with Renee and basically just go to my little, you know, uh, brothels or whatever. So what I'm saying is you don't know that they don't already have an existing relationship where um, he has that freedom to do that so that's true you know we don't know so unless we have we have the perfect information but again there are always outliers but if you tell me this guy's Clooney-esque and his wife isn't all that attractive now there's also the other argument of guys who are gay that are closeted that just have true. a wife so they can you know there's a lot of other things that are going on but I can tell you that if this guy is a successful actor and he's tall and he looks like George Clooney that he's either gay that's why he's whether he was with her before or he's cheating and they have an open marriage and they just get along really well like I would with with Renee you know and that's a good test case for obscene thoughts, you know? Yeah. Um, all right. Do you think men and women can be plutonic friends if they're both attractive? Um, <clears throat> well, I know that one person is always usually attracted to the other one. Because women, it's more about once they know the guy, they know his you – know, if a woman's friends with a the guy, then obviously she likes his character. Right. And a lot of women can look beyond the physical. So a lot of women will initially say, I don't like – I'm not attracted to this guy. But then I became attracted to him over time, you know? Um, he fixed my car. He did this. So – it's an interesting question. I'm trying to think about myself. Like I have um, – I don't know. I mean I, I want to – I don't know because I, I think mostly no, but I, I wouldn't say completely because I'm trying to think. Like I had Renee, but I think Renee liked me because she's like, Dave, you have sex with everybody. How come we never had sex? And then <laughs> and then she, she launched a – she lost a bunch of weight. I stayed at her house in California last time I went to visit. I didn't have sex with her, and then she never talked to me again after that. I think she thought that maybe because she lost the weight, I would have sex with her, and okay. I still did because she went from like a size – you know, 18 to like a 10, which is still too big for me, you know? Um, but she was really happy and congratulations to her for, for, you know, that, those improvements, but she was by no means near the, the girls I typically want to hook up with. Um, so she just dropped me. I'm like, okay, I don't know why, I didn't <laughs> anything, you know? And then, um, and then my friend Cammy, who I was completely platonic with, I thought Cammy was cute. I mean, she wasn't like, I mean, she had like a nice body, but she was like way, she was just so conservative. I didn't even bother trying. Like she was like, so like, I mean, she was like, you know, 40, but her house looked like she was like 80, like, you know, like the old person. <laughs> and I'm just like, you know what, whatever. I'll just be friends with Cammy and we'd, we'd bounce ideas off each other. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. She, she might've liked me. I don't know, but she dropped off the planet. She just stopped calling me back. I'm like, I didn't do anything. I'm just like, Cammy, what's up? And she just stopped calling me back after a while. So, uh, I don't know. I have no idea. Um, I don't know, but I, I think generally if, if first of all, if two people are friends and they're attracted to each other, I think they'll have sex for sure. Um, they, cause they're both attracted to each other. They may even date. You know what I mean? If I think of a guy and a girl, are, are friends and they're both not attracted to each other, then I think the platonic friendship can happen. I do. Um, because I think, yeah, I do. Um, but I just think that it's, it's rare that both parties would not be attracted to each other. Yeah, that makes sense. 
Um, in the book, you mentioned that braces on on kids and teenagers, well, teenagers especially, are essentially you know elective um, surgery to make you look better. And you you compare it to teens getting boob jobs. Well, I'm talking about how um, people are uh, generally in the society. It's not it's not frowned upon to get braces of any age. It doesn't matter what age you are. Just if your teeth are not straight. You know that people look better with a nice smile. Of course, both men and women look better with a nice smile. And hey, make yourself look better. Why not increase your mate value and increase your appeal, right? Yeah. But if a girl, knowing that people like, you know, some development in the breast area, if a girl has like an A cup, she wants to get a boob job. All of a sudden, that's bad. She shouldn't. You shouldn't feel like you have to do that. That's so. It's just for the guys. Don't do it for them. Well, the smile is for the guys too, but because women also value smiles, it's kind of like a mutually acceptable thing to do, right? Or like for working out, like guys and girls can both work out because both genders would appreciate a fit body. Guys probably appreciate it more, but they both appreciate it. But sure. since guys don't have boobs, or a guy wouldn't get a boob job unless he got a sex change, um, it's a one-sided thing. So only the guys win, right? Like if if both parties work out, guys and girls win. If both parties get braces, guys and girls win. You know? Okay. Uh, but. You know, this idea of, well, you get a boob job um, and that's bad. It's not bad. I mean, listen, if I were a woman and I had a size A boob, okay, and I want to increase my probability of meeting somebody that I find attractive or that will like me for who I am, I would get a boob job for the same reason I would get braces. But I'm just saying we live in this country where – I don't think a lot of that's moralistic. I mean, I, I think that there are more I, – I don't know this. I'm, I'm guessing that there are more uh, teenage boob jobs in Europe than they are here would be my guess. Because they don't have the sexual hangups, that'd be, that'd be a good test case to find out. But that'd be interesting. There's really no reason. I mean, we know. Like, listen, I know plenty of girls who got boob jobs as, as adults, and they told me, "Oh my god, uh, this is awesome!" Like, I wish I went bigger. Like, like, like they had much higher quality men interested in them. High quality meaning better positions, better education. I mean, why not? Listen, if I meet a girl, okay, and let's just take away all the negative stuff that could be associated. Let's say I never did porn. I was like, I was just like this regular guy. Right. Sure. And, I, and I'm a physician and I want to meet a nice girl. And I go out with two girls and one of them, I actually have more of a connection with, like she's more into nature and she's more into the same music and things I am, but she has no boobs. And there's another girl that I like and we have things in common, but I'm just more attracted to her because she has boobs. Right. I'm probably going to go for the girl with the boobs. I, I probably just am much in the same way that the girl that I liked had messed up teeth and the other girl didn't, even though I really connect with the other girl more with the messed up teeth. There's just this evolutionary part of me that wants to just go with the more attractive girl. So if you as a girl, I'm not talking about a girl who has a natural C boob or even a natural B boob where you have something. I'm just talking about a girl with no boobs. Okay. okay? So there's a certain level of messed up. I mean, there's certain people that have like maybe – they don't need braces. I mean, their, their teeth aren't perfectly straight, but they're straight enough, and most guys aren't going to not date a girl for that. But if her teeth are jacked up, most guys aren't going to date the girl. And if yeah. a girl has an A-cut boob, I mean, it's 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 not. You could make yourself more uh, appealing to the guy that you want to be with. So if you're the A-cut boob girl, you meet a guy you really like. You know, he's a guy. He's he's visual. We sexualize body parts. He's more likely to accept that girl or want to be with her, which is what she wants anyways. If she gets the boob job in society, not so much anymore as much, but back in the day, would shun that. To me, I'm like, listen, do what you can to increase your mate value. If you're a guy, you know, go to college. <laughs> you know what I mean? Start a business. Be ambitious. Um, notice none of that says go to the gym and work out and lift weights and you know, <laughs> meathead. Right. And if you're a girl. And by the way, and if you and if you want to do that too and work out, great. But you don't have to. And if you're a woman, go to the gym, work out, buy some sexy clothes, look nice, 
Um, and if you want to go and do all that other stuff and go to college and be a lawyer, great. That's icing on the cake. But I'm just saying if you want to do well in the relationship mating market, all you have to do is increase what, what, what responds. I mean, you know, businesses know if they lower prices, they get more customers. Sure. That's supply and demand. And no one's going to lower their prices and lose customers, right? So nobody, no girl is going to go from an A cup to a B, C, or D cup and lose boyfriends, okay? Nobody's going to get braces and lose boyfriends, okay? They're going to lose boyfriends because they don't have braces. They're going to lose boyfriends because they have no boobs. I mean, think about a guy. If you're a guy and you have a one-inch penis and you can get a six-inch penis, like in a heartbeat I'd, I'd be like go ahead and do it like why yeah. would you not like oh you don't feel like you can do that but girls don't really sexualize listen i know guys that are that are like blind and they have attractive girlfriends because they're they're nice you know what i mean like they're good people and they're ambitious and they have good character and all this kind of stuff and they're confident even though they're blind you know um and i found that there's a blind guy that lives in my development he just moved in i see him walking around with his cane walking the dog and i met a friend of his that was visiting from california and he was telling me about him he he, he runs his own business blind started from scratch and he's telling me about his girlfriend. I'm like, he has a girlfriend? <laughs> I'm like, really? <laughs> like, I'm the blind guy? Like, he's like, he can barely get around. But again, he's a, he's a good-natured person. He's tall. And he, he's literally, he's this tall, he's this tall, uh, successful, ambitious guy. And it's like, but he's just blind. And he, you know, it's just, it, you wouldn't think he has a girlfriend, but he does. Now, I guarantee you, if that was a girl, she wouldn't have a boyfriend. Or if she did, he'd be very low, so, low status. Let's say you had five grand and each procedure cost the same. Would you say get the boot job or get the braces? Probably get the braces. I think I think most people, yeah, most people are going to respond more favorably because you know you can you can always get a push up bra. I mean, it's hard to get fake. I mean, I don't think dentures cover messed up teeth. You know what I mean? Right. But what I, what I'm saying is is that a breast. In other words, if you have a if you have a six inch penis, it's big enough. You don't need the penis job to eight, even though you could get one if you want. It's not like you're really cutting out any mates because you have six inches right but if you have a one inch penis now you might be losing mates sure that makes <laughs> right? sense. so if you have if you have a b cup i mean sure you're on the smaller side but you still have something to hold on to guys still like that there are guys who like small boobs i don't yeah. know guys that like no boobs well <laughs> i mean and there are girls that have you know no boobs like if you get older your boobs start to sag or they come to the side like like why not i mean getting a boob job is like a guy getting a job promotion it's like, it's like when the wife says no honey you should really take that job promotion and he's like yeah, but I really like my boss. You know, most women are pushing for the job promotion. Well, just take it anyways, you know, like, and guys are like, oh, just get the boob job. Like, I don't know a single girl that got a boob job that wasn't happy with it. Not one. Other than complications, I'm sure. No, I, I don't know anybody that's had complications. I mean, every, I, I, well, I only know, like, you know, personally, I don't think about porn chicks that I met for a day. I'm talking about, like, girls I know in my life. I know four girls that pre and post boob jobs, and every single one of them um, is ecstatic and is one of the best things they ever did was getting their boobs all four. and they all, they all said they all wish they went bigger too that's what they all said like i wish i went bigger i know this is just a preference thing but i hate when they're like crazy big and it's like whoa quit poking my yeah i don't out. well yeah i don't need it but, but again but that's like that's like the guy getting the penis job and getting his penis to 15 inches right. wants that i mean what i'm saying is is the common you know you have a b c d Maybe double D. I mean, once you get in the E, that's just that's not natural. That's just crazy, you know. And penis size is really from like four to like you know eight inches. Although guys like to <clears throat> embellish and say that they're bigger. Sure. Um, so yeah, you measure the whole taint when you're measuring your penis as well. I measure from the center of the anus to just beyond the tip. Once around the balls. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, once around the balls. Exactly. You must no, be a Corolla I mean, fan. I am. You know that. That's funny. I was about to, I was about to, I was about to give him his credit, but then you cut me off. The, uh, no, but the, uh, the real way is you measure from the top of the penis all the way to the very tip, right? Um, 
you know, and uh, so yeah, but I, I think that you know people get cosmetic surgery, braces or otherwise, to increase mate value. And the reason you don't have an issue with braces is because it pertains to both genders. Yeah. And the reason that you do have an issue with the boob jobs is, is because it pertains only to women and they see that as sexist. But it's not sexist. I mean, even the women who get them will tell you that it was the best thing they ever did. So how is that sexist if it helps them achieve what they want? That's very true. Two things, and I'll, and I'll let you go because I know this is going way long. Uh, f- first is I, I Googled it while we were talking about prostitution and we were talking about how religion is you know a big factor in prostitution not being legal. I just found it very interesting that Italy, where the Vatican is and the Pope, prostitution is legal. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, but I, I know I know people. Here's the thing: I know a couple of Italians actually, and what's interesting about that is their paycheck automatically. There's a tax that goes to the church, and you have to you have to actually fill out forms and go through a process to opt out of that. So even though even though there's you know the Vatican is there as its own country, um, I don't think that that Italy is as religious as the United States. I think Italy is 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 maybe the same, maybe a little bit less. Interesting, um, but it's. Um, they do have a an archaic tax system that's set up where everybody has to basically you have to literally fill out forms so that money doesn't go. Um, I think that's all of Europe. I don't think it's just Italy. I think it's all of Europe, if I recall, huh. um, that does that. But um, yeah, but I mean, if you look at places where um, it's most well known, for example, like in um, you know the Netherlands, for example, like that's a very very secular country. But again, and it's like anything else. I mean, I don't know how much you know about statistics, but you do what's called a scatter plot, right? So you say, okay, here's here's a country, and here's maybe the number of prostitutes in that country, right, sure. or per, prostitutes per capita or something, and then you plot their you know religious religiosity per capita, and you're going to see a linear relationship. I can tell you for sure. Think about the most highly religious uh, communities you know. Let's think about you know Afghanistan, Iraq. Iran uh, and even the United States is very religious and and look at their acceptability of prostitution and their legality of prostitution look at the most secular places on the planet you know like uh the Netherlands right or Finland or Germany right um those places prostitution is illegal Canada right it's legal yeah. um and then you have these kind of intermixed things like like you say like Italy is a perfect example like Italy is like it has more of a religious influence because the Vatican is there, so let, let lesser extent than Germany or the Netherlands. But I would still think that it's less religious than the United States. I don't know because I haven't been to Italy, but uh, it's probably comparable. And keep in mind too that technically prostitution is legal in the U.S. if you want to say Nevada, you know. And there is True, a map. Yeah. There is a map. I don't know if it's the same when you Google, but it actually has prostitution. There's different levels, like a dark green and a bright green, and a red. like red is just like illegal. Green is like legal in some parts, so the U.S. shows as green because it's legal technically only in Nevada. So the whole country gets green because of one county. <laughs> um, and then you know, then you have places like the Netherlands that are dark green or well, you know, some color coding thing, you know. Yeah. But um, where they kill you for infidelity and they kill you for prostitution, they kill you for pornography, are highly, highly religious societies. Um, and the countries that are the most progressive towards women's rights, especially like if you, I mean, if you believe in women's rights, just generally right to work and all this kind of stuff, you know, there's no better women's rights in the Nordic countries, you know, Sweden, Finland, Norway, Denmark, um, the Netherlands. Uh, and these are all, you know, as secular as you're going to get. Yeah. Some know? of them even have women presidents over there. Yeah. I mean, I think Australia had a woman, has a woman president. And I think Finland did, or maybe still does. I don't know if they still do. Uh, yeah. A lot of women presidents, uh, Hopefully, hopefully the U.S. will soon follow. I'm a big Hillary fan. Nice. Uh, and then finally, I'll wrap it up with this. And I'm not trying to to disprove your points. I just, as we're talking, right. I thought just of, yeah, I just thought of another outlier. You're talking about uh, mm-hmm. men don't have to be attractive as long as they're wealthy and, and whatnot and have high social status. They have attractive girlfriends. 
I'm not going to name any names because if they listen, that might be rude or offensive. But I thought of a, a couple of friends who are married. He is uh, short, kind of large, does not have a good job, and his wife is extremely good looking and has the better job. She's she's the breadwinner in that relationship, and they just uh, they had a baby not too long ago either. Yeah, and again, I mean, I, I would not be surprised if that, re- if that relationship dissolves. Now, remember, you also have to think about um, – this is kind of why I was hesitant to even ask the question initially about your, your best-looking friend is, again, it's population versus um, anecdotal data. So, again, I can say, hey, you know, uh, you're saying in this book that men are taller than women, but I just thought, you know, I know this, this girl, uh, Jennifer, and she's taller than her boyfriend. You know, right. She's six, and he's 5'8", so I don't think that's true. It's like – well, no, that's not true there, but when you take 100 people at random. So, again, if you were to take out the L.A. phone book and just randomly circle 100 female names and 100 male names and call them up and say, I'd like to interview you, and you bring along three of your friends and they all rate the mean level of attractiveness of the wife and you gauge the guy's income and height, you're going to see a linear relationship when you put it into a regression model. So it's not like you're going to go you – know, there's always going to be a, a uh, data point up or a data point down. I mean nothing is – you know, perfectly fit or you wouldn't need statistics to predict that. I mean, like we know if you drink motor oil, you're going to die. You don't need a statistician to tell you that, <laughs> right? But it's kind of like, well, if you smoke, are you going to get lung cancer? Well, you can go, oh, I know Joe, he smoked his whole life. He didn't have lung cancer. He died in a car accident. It's like, true. But when you take, you know, 100 people who are smokers that have lived to 90 and 100 people who are not smokers that have lived to 90 and you see that they disproportionately have uh, lung cancer, just because they don't all have lung cancer doesn't mean that smoking doesn't cause lung cancer. Yeah, that or makes very sense. That smoking isn't correlated to lung cancer, but I don't think anybody's really listening to this podcast and thinking, "Oh, like how shocking that women want resources and guys want young hot chicks." Right? I think what happens is that's you pretty get, natural. You get the people who say, "I don't want that to be the case." You know, the, the, Stephen Levitt, an economist at the University of Chicago, said, "You know, morality is the way we want the world to be." Whereas economics is how it actually is. And they call economics the, the dismal science because it's just honest and true. And to me, I get that we want to live in a society where men don't value women sexually. But we do value women sexually. We always have and we always will because that's the, that's the biology of who we are as human males. And, you know, and women shouldn't be gold diggers and, you know, they shouldn't – they should just accept a guy because he's nice and income shouldn't matter and ambition shouldn't matter. But – Statistically, it does. And I can tell you that most women, if they're dating a guy, if he loses his job and he doesn't show any ambition to get another one, she's probably going to be out the door relatively quickly. Where for a guy, you'll never see a guy say, honey, I think I have to end the relationship because you're just not ambitious enough, ever. You know, So it's, there's clearly um, gender distinctions there. And, and I'll recommend some other books too. I mean if, you, if people want to read some empirical research on this stuff, there's, there's a book called uh, The Evolution of Desire by David Buss. Um, at the University of Texas, Austin, uh, which is a good book. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some academic papers by David Schmidt and David Buss together. Uh, you know, Rory, Rory Baumeister at Florida State has a lot of uh, papers out about this kind of stuff. Um, there is John Marshall Townsend at Syracuse University. Uh, Don Simons at the University of Cal- California, Santa Barbara. John Tooby, Lita Cosmides, also at the University of California, uh, Santa Barbara. Marty Hazelton at UCLA. Uh, Cindy Meston at UT Austin, um, you know, and there's plenty more. Doug Kenrick at Arizona State, you know, like like these are all people who have dedicated their lives to research of either behavioral economics or or evolutionary psychology and looking at these gender differences. And uh, so, for the people who don't like what I have to say, <laughs> at, least, at least they can see what the actual how the studies were set up and how they were conducted. And 
And, you know, if we want to look at just male, male, female differences real quick, there was a study by Elaine Hatfield at Florida State. Uh, it was done at Florida State and it was been replicated all over the world since then. And they had uh, guys go up to girls and just ask three questions. Number one was, will you have sex with me? Will you go back to my apartment and have sex with me? Number two was, I think you're attractive. Will you go out on a date with me? And number three is, I just moved to the area. You know, I'm looking for some friends. You know, want to hang out sometime. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they had women do the same thing to men. And it was a complete inverse relationship. The overwhelming majority of men agreed to go back to the complete stranger's house for sex. A lesser extent agreed to the date, but still more than half. And then less than half, uh, which was the smallest category, agreed to the friendship. And when you flipped it, not a single woman agreed to go back for sex. Uh, about half agreed to go out on the date, and more than half agreed to be friends. So if that doesn't, and that's been replicated all over the world. So if that doesn't speak volumes to gender differences between men and women, um, I don't know what does. And once you acknowledge that they exist, then you can start looking at evolutionary theory for explanations on on why that exists. And that's all in my book and these other books I recommended. And then you can start looking at how we can change society, whether through legalizing prostitution, or for more tolerance of open marriages, or more discussion uh, about gender differences. I think that'd be good because a lot of women they get upset. You know, your your girlfriend probably thinks if you cheat that there's something wrong with your relationship. Where you and I both know that's not the case. You and I both know that if you're traveling and some hot girl gives you the opportunity and let's just say that you do it, you're not doing it because you're unhappy at all in your relationship with your girlfriend where she would be if she were to do that. It's easier for her to say no. That's true. Um, before we, we get out of here, do me a favor and just tell everybody a little bit about uh, Risky Business. I watched the trailer and it looks fun. I mean, what what's the movie all about? Risky Business is a political and public health documentary about the adult, about the adult film industry. You oftentimes watch these documentaries that are either really anti-porn, which are completely distorted, like this ABC News thing I saw on, on Belladonna. I know Belladonna, and they portrayed her to be a total victim, and she's not. I mean, she is in the sense that she was molested and all that kind of stuff, but like she was a very willful performer in these movies that she did. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have other ones like CBS that at 60 Minutes actually did a, a documentary that was a little too pro. I'm like, oh, you guys are being a little too generous now to the point. <laughs> it's like, you guys need to scale it down a little bit. So um, it's a very just balanced documentary. If you want a, just an honest look in the business, um, it talks about how people come in, guys and girls, uh, discrimination, like when people leave the business, is it difficult for them to have relationships, uh, jobs, how do, how, do the, uh, how do they fare in the job market with the discrimination, uh, should there be discrimination, things like that. And it's also talks about the public health, should there be condoms and porn, talks about the effort, the, the pro and con arguments about performer protection versus First Amendment uh you know, right to produce content, um, things like that. And, you know, I'm a pro condom guy. I'm an anti-discrimination guy. So that's where I stand. But I, you know, both, both, um, uh, issues are presented in the documentary and it, it won a million awards. And if you go to risky business, and click on awards, I mean, you'll be scrolling for many, many, many pages of, um, you know, best documentary winners, official selections at major, major movie festivals. And I had a big, I had distribution offers, but, you know, I look at these distribution contracts and they're so ridiculously favored in the distributors, uh, favor. I'm just like, this is ridiculous. Like, I think a lot of these producers, they don't even read it. Like they sign up and the distributor makes all the money and they're like, how come I made no money? I'm like, did you read your contract? (laughs) You know? So it's like, so I I ended up doing self-distribution through Vimeo. So I'll do like AdWords promotion or, you know, go on shows like this and talk and people, yeah. people will you know, Google porn documentary and find it. But, uh, you know, I'd rather make a lesser money and, and keep 90% of it than sit there and give up, you know, the huge chunk and 
all this auditing issues with by going with a traditional distributor. Let's you know they're distributing DVDs to like Walmart and Target. Who buys DVDs <laughs> at Walmart and Target anymore? People Nobody. go to the web and they stream and they and they make it happen that way. So I almost had a deal with Netflix that fell through, but that would have been awesome. Netflix, oh we are we have too many porn documentaries, and then meanwhile three years later they take another one. I guess they uh, they uh, you know did that, but it was. Uh, that would have been good, I think. Netflix. That was that was a, a setback. But the documentary is uh, well received, and it's very honest. So if you're interested in how the adult film industry really functions and where the performers come from and where they go afterwards, then uh, it's the documentary for you. And and how did the adult industry accept the documentary? Um, I don't know really. I mean, because I, I did, I never really, I didn't really take it to the industry. I mean, I took it like anybody, any other filmmaker. You take it to the mainstream independent film festival circuit. Um, I think a lot of people. I'll tell you this. I mean, a lot of the, I, I went to a lot of the internal porn distributors just to say, hey, and they all said, you know, this is the best porn, the most honest, well done porn documentary I've ever seen. That's what they tell me, right? And, um, but I think the people in porn that are opposed to are the people that have their own agenda that that want to be able to shoot without condoms, you know, because um, they didn't like that. You know, most of the most of the performers are saying that you know it, the the theme you're going to get is more that they should use condoms, and we, we put both views in, but we just put in what came out. You know what I mean? We didn't yeah. hear it that way, and I think they didn't like that because the trade group who who represents you know a handful of uh, the bigger producers, you know, they were I don't think they necessarily liked it, but it was fair. I mean, even the porn attorneys, like I'm friends with all the big, huge porn attorneys, and they were like, yeah, this is accurate, <laughs> it's fair, you know, like so it's. If it's fair, you can't go wrong. My thing is, if I piss off both sides, I'm happy. So I, I need like that porn people to be pissed, and I need the anti-porn people to be pissed. But I think generally, I think more porn people are pissed than anti-porn people. <laughs> but uh, whatever. I mean, it's it's definitely a, a fair and balanced documentary. All right. Well, thank you for hanging out with us tonight. Once again, DavePounder.com, ObsceneThoughts.com for the book, and RiskyBusinessTheMovie.com. Dave, thanks for hanging out and spending so much time with us. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks to Dave for uh, joining the show. And like I promised on the first episode, I'm going to have uh, my two favorite people on the show with me. And I think they help represent both spectrums of the uh, sexual proclivities. I, of course, be representing the middle. First joining me in the room is my girlfriend, Shannon. Hello. Hi. Yes. Uh, she brings up the not-so-experienced spectrum. It's really hard to say. And, uh, and I'm talking single digits. We won't go any, any more specific than that. I think she might backhand me. On the phone line joining us is my best friend in the world, Deanna. She it represents the high end of the spectrum, and that's not to be judged. It's actually to be uh, applauded. She knows what she likes, and she, she goes after it. Deanna, how's it going? Good. How are you? All right. Thank you for joining the, uh, the slutty side of the spectrum. <laughs> I kid. So bad. I know. I kid. No, not at all. Look, there's nothing wrong with it. In fact, if, if you want to call her a slut, then, then Dave is a slut as well. Uh, so Dave said some very interesting things. I pulled some quotes. I pulled some questions. Like I said, at the beginning of the episode, I wanted to get other people's opinions, especially girls opinions, uh, because that's who he's talking about. And, uh, I, while I agreed with some of the, th- uh, in fact, I agree with a lot of things he said, there's some things that were just a little too far out there. I, I don't think I could easily convince my girlfriend to, to let me go cheat on her. Even if I told her it wasn't emotionally involved. Can I? Definitely not. Okay. Uh, there goes that one. Check that off the list. Uh, so I'll start out with Deanna. Does knowing that Dave is slash was a porn star and you met him and you're like, hey, uh, you know, let's let's get to business. Does that turn you off knowing that he was a porn star? 
It wouldn't turn me off knowing he was a porn star, no. If he um, started sitting there, not so much judging, but trying to correct things just because he thought he knew more than me, that would turn me off. Like, oh, I've had sex with so many girls. I know what I'm doing. That would turn me off. The, the cockiness would turn me off. So if he but was a sex if bird. we got into bed and he was good and just didn't say anything, just did it, that would be fine with me. It's it's more the, hey, totally, I'm going to rock your world tonight. <laughs> and then I would, yeah. I know that, what I'm doing. That would definitely turn me off. <laughs> yeah. Stand back <laughs> and prepare to have your mind, world blown. I would, I, yeah, I would purposely find things that just he wasn't doing right just to say, no, you're wrong. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Shannon, does, does that turn you off that he's a porn star? Um, yeah, to a certain extent. I mean, uh, I don't know that it would. Yeah, it would. <laughs> <laughs> it would. What, is that a deal breaker? Um, I can't say it's a deal breaker, but. I, I think I'd have a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. Like, is it going to hurt really bad? Okay, uh, fair. Anyway, moving on, moving on. All right. So uh, he said one of the things he does is he meets girls on OkCupid, a dating website, for those of you that don't know. Uh, and, and he'll, you know, they'll, they'll message back and forth, and he'll eventually just go, hey, let's meet up at Starbucks. And uh, in about five minutes or no, we'll, or five minutes or so, we'll know if we want to have sex with each other or not. And he said he, he goes, and they talk, and about five minutes later and half a cup into it, they, you know, like, all right, yep, you're hot, I'm hot, let's uh, let's go have sex. Shannon, if someone did that to you, someone's like, hey, let's uh, let's just see how this goes, and if, if things go well, we're going to end up back at my place naked, would, would you even show up? I doubt it. You wouldn't give them the chance <laughs> at the Starbucks where no nakedness would happen? I, I may go to Starbucks, but uh, I doubt he'd be taking me home. Uh-huh. All right, what about you, Deanna? Um, I've never tried it before, but uh, I never don't tried see Starbucks. The me, oh, I've tried Starbucks before. <laughs> I've never tried the, never been on a dating site, but I don't see the difference in really that and me going out to a bar, getting drunk, and I've taken guys home, not known their name, checked them out right afterwards. So <laughs> I don't really see the difference in it, except you're up front with the whole hey. We're going to meet. We're going to have sex. The only difference with me is, hey, I didn't plan to meet you. <laughs> right. It, but it uh, happened the uh, same way. Yeah, you know, I didn't even think about it this way until you said this. But honestly, if you think about it, his his way of meeting them online and then meeting up at Starbucks, like he said they messaged first, It there's almost mm-hmm. like a, a more of an emotional connection even, surprisingly, than just meeting a guy yeah. at a bar, getting drunk, and having sex. That's quite interesting. Yeah. What a romantic he is. Um <laughs> What would you? We'll start with uh, we'll start with Shannon. Would you be okay with an emotionally monogamous relationship, uh, but the man had meaningless sex with other girls? No, and and that goes to some of what he said in his um, interview um, that you know he he believes women are incapable of that. I I don't necessarily think that is true, but I for myself don't believe that um, that it's completely without some type of emotion. Mm-hmm. Deanna, I'm gonna be a girl on this point. Um, 
if I'm with someone, I want them to be fully with me uh, and all that. But there have been times where I've been with a guy, we get into a fight, and I'll go off and have sex by no strings attached, whatever. And then I'll get back with my boyfriend again. We make up, whatever. It's fine. But he would never find out about that. So <laughs> him being upfront with it is what I would have a problem with. I feel if, um, I know he said in this interview, he, he knew people who sat there and said, Oh, I'm married and I cheat on my wife all the time and they just never know about it, but he's upfront about it. Um, I, I don't know. I guess if you don't know, then it it's better, but, well, I think that, um, sorry, I think there, there are relationships where, people can be upfront about it and accept that, but you know, people are different and they, you know, I, I wouldn't choose that, but I think that there absolutely are people who would. Sure. Yeah. I, I couldn't do it. I would, I would constantly in the back of my head say, why did he have to sleep with her? Like what if my being wrong that he had to go sleep with someone else? Yeah. Now so. let, let me ask you about this. Do you think, Deanna, what you're doing as far as like, oh, we get in a fight and I go have meaningless sex? I mean, are you broken up? Are you cheating? What? How do you view that? I mean, I guess I would view it if he did it. I was just cheating. This is why I should probably be a guy. But uh, but no, I never. I don't think I would ever do it if we were like happy in a relationship. I never do it when we're happy. Um, but of course when I'm unhappy in a relationship, yes, I would go out and do it. But he, he says he just does it even when he's happy or not happy. So that I don't understand, but I would only do it when I'm unhappy. If yeah. that makes any sense. It does. Yeah. I, I think a lot of guys look at themselves cheating as I just want to go fuck that hot girl where yeah. a lot of guys, or most people, but guys really look at, if they're smart, they look at girls cheating as not so much the sex was bad or he's not hot enough, but I'm I'm lacking a certain, usually emotional need in this relationship. Mm-hmm. And so that, that makes total sense. Um, it almost sounds like what he does is essentially friends with benefits. As long as you come yeah. back yeah, to your but, main friend. Yeah, but... When you have friends with benefits, like I've I've been in those, I've had multiple friends with benefits, and then I've had that main person, but I was never in a relationship with that main person. Like, he knew he was the main person. (laughs) I don't know if he knew about the other people, but, like, I never sat there and said, like, we're exclusive. Right. So that's kind of how I went around the whole thing. Like, I'm not cheating because we're not actually together. Yeah, I I think I know Shannon's answer, so I'm going to skip her. But if uh, if you were with a super hot, super rich guy who just gave you everything you wanted, uh, I guess the real the real question is why would you care that he was cheating on you as long as he came back to you? I mean, am I allowed to cheat at this like while he's out? Well, according according to Dave Girls. Yeah, according to Dave, girls can't really do that because it's emotional where guys can do it, not emotionally. So for this scenario, you are not allowed to cheat. Uh, See, that's hard for me, though, because you know I'm not very emotional like that. But um, 
if I couldn't cheat and he was making everything I wanted, um, I mean, yeah, that would play a factor. It depends on who he's cheating on me with, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> they better be clean. Um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely, uh, like, is he cheating on me with the same girl? Like, does he want to be with this girl and he just can't leave me? I, I, I see where he says girls are emotional about this stuff. Um, I'm not sure. I get, uh, how much is he giving me? Like, does he <laughs> just give me anything I want? <laughs> it's that it's would hard to make say. A big, uh, yeah, it would, it would definitely play a big part in it. Yeah. I guess we'll have to talk when you find that really rich guy. I know, right? We'll I'm out. still looking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, her number, everybody, is. Um, so one thing he was saying, and I, and my girlfriend, Chen and I, we got into a very big discussion about this after the, we were done recording the show. Uh, one thing he said was he was with a girl who was his absolute soulmate. They're compatible in every single way, except she wanted to have kids and he did not. In fact, he uh, has taken steps to make sure that doesn't happen. Have if you were with a guy and you thought everything was perfect except you really wanted kids and he didn't, would that be a deal breaker? Uh, we'll start with Shannon. Yeah, it would be a deal breaker. Um, I think that you have to want the same things in life. And I think that anything, especially something that big, you know, while you may be able to convince yourself for a period of time that you can do without it, if it's something you really want, you have to have a partner who is going to want that too. And I think that it would lead to resentment. You couldn't settle with a couple of dogs or something. <laughs> Doubt it. Okay. Deanna. Um, I think it might be a deal breaker. I know I have plenty of nephews and cousins and everything else to, uh, yes. settle that for a little bit. Um, and even, I feel like even if he wasn't able to have kids and that was the reason, I could adopt and stuff, but I definitely want kids at some point, like of my own. Yeah, that makes a good point. Was, if if he can't have kids but is willing to have yeah. kids, you know, you, you can get around that somehow. But if he's just completely unwilling mm -hmm. like Dave is, then there's really no getting around that unless you drug him and get him to sign some sort of paper or something. I think that Exactly. I think you can Which look I am at not that. doing. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can look at that and say with with any kind of major decision in your life that if that you need a partner who's going to support you in that whether it's you want to have a career and you need a partner who's going to support you having a career if he wants you to be a stay-at-home mom that's not really going to work eventually you know you're going to want to get out and have a career and you're not going to be able to do that and I think that you know I was most surprised that he he got engaged to this girl because he knew going in that she wanted kids. So, you know, it was surprising to me that he said, we, we got engaged. It's like, well, why would you do that if you knew she wanted kids and you didn't? Uh, so that's the reason that they that he eventually broke it off. But why did it come? Why did it get that far? Yeah, you know, my. I feel uh, like a lot of people stay in a relationship, though, like thinking they can change the other person's mind. Like, oh, we're together long enough and we start to love each other long enough. So he'll change his mind or she'll change her mind or, you know. I think that's very true. I think that's really. And it goes for both sexes. I, I think a lot of times, you know, girls get with a schlub and think that all of a sudden he's not going to be an asshole who wears shorts and t shirts to Christmas every year. 
And, you know, vice versa, guys might be able to think like, oh, uh, she's not going to want to have kids eventually. They'll be fine. You know, she's hot, so I want to keep fucking her for a while. And we'll we'll talk the kids out of her. And that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things he talks about in respect to women not being so able to cheat while guys are able to cheat it says that women have a fixed number of eggs, so evolution has programmed them to know their mates and get to know their mates, uh, as reproduction could be costly if, if it doesn't work out, where men have unlimited sperm, and guys are able to see you know just hot chicks walking down the street and just decide they want to have sex. Uh, so I guess the, the question here, and we'll start with Deanna, the question is, can you just see a hot guy, say, walking down the, the street and just decide, I'm going to have sex with him and go up and be like, hey, I would like to have sex with you. I'm pretty sure you've seen me do that before, which is a problem. With- <laughs> I have, yes. <laughs> like, yes. But the listeners so, have not um, seen that. <laughs> like, I I can do that, but I know it's not normal for girls. Like, I can sit there and say, hey, I want that. I'm going to get that, and it's done. And then in the end, I'll probably regret it because it was <laughs> terrible and everything else, but... I did it. Um, Mission accomplished. So, yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, I can I can do that. I mean, that's fine with me. So, <laughs> which she, is why I don't I don't think like girls and guys are that different because I know so many guys who are just like so emotionally attached. I'm like, dude, just go out and have sex with a girl. <laughs> and they're like, no, I can't do that. But I can totally do that. It's like those guys that get can't it. get over their ex girlfriend. Like, just go out and you know, kind of have a little rebound sex. I can't. I'm in love with Sophie. It's like, exactly. Like I have a guy under my wing right now. And I'm like, I'm gonna find you a girlfriend, and he's like, I can't just have a girlfriend. Like, I want a relationship. I want. I sent him up, up on a date, and he was like, Yeah, it ended when I told her I wanted a relationship. I'm like, Why would you tell her that on the first <laughs> date? Like, that's creepy. And that's he's like, hilarious. well, that's what I want. That's what I want. And I want girls to know that's what I want. And I'm like, I find that weird. Like, especially on you know, the first day. Yeah. Like have fun for a few months and see where it goes. And I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. You should play that one a little closer to the vest. That'd be like if I was on a first date and a girl said, you know, I can't wait to have kids. <laughs> yeah. Like, I can't wait to get out of exactly. here. There's not yeah. enough alcohol in this establishment. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, where was it? Oh, so Shannon, do you think you have the ability to see a guy walking down the street? And I know I'm your boyfriend. It might be weird. It's okay. <laughs> as long as, you know, actions are not uh, performed. Can you see a super hot guy walking down the street? Or even, you know, a famous person. Bradley Cooper's pretty easy on the eyes, if I say so myself. <laughs> like, hey, I'm going to have sex with that guy. I think I could. I don't know that I would. And I don't think that that anyone's surprised by that answer at this point. But I think what's, what's really interesting is that um, Deanna said, you know, she thinks that she's not normal in the sense, like being like other girls. Sure. And I would say that I think that I'm not normal. And I think that normal is one of those things that, that people have kind of stereotypically put on girls or guys for that matter. And I think that, each person is different and if you you know if you're comfortable with going out and walking up to someone and saying let's go have sex and he's into it and you go do that i think that's totally cool for you and you know the next person who comes along may not be into it i just um 
I think that the the biggest, the hardest part I found with what he was saying was that they were such blanket statements about like, well, girls just are incapable. It's like, well, not all girls. And, you know, I would say there's a whole spectrum of girls who some could be convinced of it, some who would jump on it right away and some who would say, hell no. Well, it's funny, as he was saying those type of things, I immediately thought I need to have Dean on the show because that will prove his blanket statements wrong. Now, of course, like you said, there's always the outliers or whatever, but I I don't think it's that strange. I don't think it's that rare that a girl would, you know, just like, I'm going to have sex with that guy. It's been a long time and I need a little something, something. I I can think of a number of my friends unless I'm just surrounded by outliers. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I forget where I was going to go, so I'll just move on. Uh, he was talking about social status and numbers and what, you know, height and money and that kind of stuff. Uh, we know how tall Chan's boyfriend is. He's, he's about six foot eight. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up over there. Okay. He's about six foot. Deanna, how tall is your boyfriend? Uh, six two. Six two. Uh, have you, I mean, I know the answer, but have you dated shorter guys? Mm, I mean, obviously yes, shorter than six, two. Uh, yes. But like short guys. Yes. Um, you used to make fun of me all the time. I used to, I mean, I'm five, seven, so yes. I definitely used to date the five, six, five, seven guys all the time. Um, a couple of them are coming to mind. I think that's, I think that's one of the things you still make fun of me about. Um, yes. Yes. <laughs> And yes, I did. I used to date the short guys. I'm not sure why. It was just something attracted me to them. But um, I would definitely never date a guy shorter now. Well, besides the obvious differences of the fact that they're shorter physically, did you notice any sort of, uh, you know, personality difference, you know, as kind of a blanket statement, any personality differences between the shorter guys, the taller guys, you know, did all the shorter guys have Napoleon complexes or were all the shorter guys this or all the taller guys that or whatever? Yeah. So shorter guys are kind of, uh, uh, I want to say, what's the word? Maybe sure they just thought they could do like whatever, pick a fight, do it. Yeah. And thought they were all that. And um, they weren't. Kind of that chihuahua Then again, I've dated, yeah, like, then again, I've dated tall guys like that too, though. So, but the short ones were definitely worse. (laughs) Interesting. Deanna, or Deanna, Shannon, have you dated shorter guys? I have not, no. Well, shorter than me? That would be kind of hard to... Well, no, but I mean, obviously (laughs) you've dated people shorter than me because... I'm super tall at six eight, mm-hmm. but you know, have you have you yeah. dated guys that are you know five four or five five? No. Oh, so mm-hmm. you only date NBA players? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I haven't dated shorter guys. I don't know. What's I'm the, what's the shortest that. guy you've dated? Like five eight or nine, probably. All right, uh, that's that's pushing I, it. For short, for I have guy. never dated a guy that I was as tall as or taller than in heels. Okay. Well, fine. Then I'll move on. <laughs> uh, one of the things that uh, Dave says is that he is a, he's a true feminist and that uh, men and women are equal. But then he goes on, and we've, we've already really touched on this, but he goes on to say, but men can cheat and women cannot. How does that, and I don't care who starts this one, how does that make men and women equal if women cannot cheat 
and men can. We'll go. Uh, I feel. Yeah. You want me to start? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, I was actually having this argument the other day um, on not so much this exact topic, but men can go out and they can they can cheat, they can do whatever the hell they want, and uh, not really have to worry about the consequences. Women can go out and cheat with two people. They don't have to worry about getting pregnant, everything else. They, I mean, that would be a big thing for me. Like, when I used to cheat, it's like, oh, God, what if I get pregnant? Who do I know whose baby it is? Like, that was actually my number one concern. The the (laughs) fear of not knowing who the daddy was? Yeah, it's like we we have problems. Like, men can go and cheat and do whatever – and not really have to worry about consequences you have to worry about. So I can kind of get where he's coming from that, but at the same time, it's like, I don't feel like men should just be able to go out and cheat when women can't. Like, I don't, I don't think that we could, we should be punished for cheating and men shouldn't be punished. Sure. And and based on his thoughts, do you, do you think that Dave is a feminist or is it kind of like, what is he talking mm, about? I feel like, eh, I don't really think that's feminism. Right. Like, like feminism would be saying that women can do whatever men can do. Yeah. I, I feel, Which he fundamentally believes is right. not possible. And well, and I feel in, in, in a sort of a backhanded way, he actually really respects women um, he's on, you know, he did not want to do anal on set and did not want to degrade women in his films. And so in a mm-hmm. way it, it, he's actually very respectful towards women, but, uh, somewhere deep down fundamentally, he may not, uh, you know, maybe just doesn't quite grasp the feminism thing. I just, mm-hmm. what was the most interesting to me was that he, he said, you know, women are fundamentally incapable of having a one night stand. And yet he frequently asks women to do that and Quite figures true. that they can they can go they can make that decision for themselves it's like well but you know them to be incapable of that so how could you ask how could you ask and still be a feminist because then you're not supporting the woman and feeling empowered and doing you're you're asking her to put her own feelings and self aside to have sex with you that's true if if you felt that you were equal then uh, you would be doing an equal task and, and, and it wouldn't be a big thing. I, I just, think. I think he, he would be very lonely if he, you know, believed that all women were that way and therefore didn't request that of them. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. One, I, I, this is probably the, really the final question. And it's one of the things that really, um, I don't know, nothing he really said surprised me except for, for this one was a little, it pushed a little bit for me. And he was saying that, you know, boob jobs are a way to, you know, be more attractive to uh, ri- make your numbers rise in the social status and and to find a better mate due to having a nicer set of boobs. And then kind of compare that to teenagers having braces uh, in, in his book, you know, said that if you have braces, you, you know, might as well get a boob job. Uh, we'll start with Shannon. Do you think that braces are equal to a boob job in, you know, that sort of thing? Social status sort of thing. 
No. I mean, yes, in the sense that absolutely, I, I agreed with his point that, you know, that yeah, people with bad teeth, you know, are not viewed as well. Sure. That, that people make uh, rash judgments about people with bad teeth um, and may jump to conclusions that are not true. Um, and so in that way, I think it's very similar. Mm-hmm. But uh, people don't look at teeth and think about sex. And I think that's kind of the biggest differentiation. Though, I will say people look at mouths as a whole and do think about sex. Like that's a, a scientific thing. And I've actually read that if you stare at people's mouths, like if you're talking to the opposite sex in a date-ish situation, you know, if you stare at their mouths as they talk, not only do you, of course, you listen better because you see their mouth moving, but they actually pick up on that and it's kind of a like a subliminal yeah, message but type s- thing. Subliminal versus overt yeah. would be my distinction on that. You know, breasts are an overt, overt thing. It's not... You don't walk by and sort of vaguely know that a woman has really big boobs. You're very aware of it. Yeah, short of wearing a poncho. Right. Yeah. You know, it's something that you're very aware of. Um, you know, and and you could actually walk past someone with bad teeth and not really notice it. It's true. You may, uh, you know, strike up a conversation and then be sorry you did, but <laughs> I guess that's... <laughs> That's another story. All right, Deanna, what do you think? Uh, boobs and braces, are they on the same level? or? Um, I don't think so. And uh, what Shannon was saying, like you, you kind of, when somebody has good teeth or bad teeth, you kind of judge them by that, not judge them, but you kind of notice those kind of things. And I don't feel like if you have small boobs or people are going to judge you for having small boobs unless they want to sleep with you. They don't do that with things. But I work in Vegas where I work in a hotel where literally half the people I see have fake boobs. And you can tell, and sometimes it's trashy. I think it it depends on how you do them. (laughs) If you're tasteful about your fake boobs, I guess it's like the same thing as getting braces. It makes you feel better about yourself. True. And it makes you... Um, make, yeah, just makes you feel better about yourself. But if at the same time you can't get braces and be like, whoa, that's too much of a straight teeth type Your teeth thing, are too you know? straight. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can't, but with those fake boobs, I mean, you can go just trashy and it just looks gross and everything else. I mean, I don't, I don't think they're totally the same thing. That's very true. They're both trying to make you feel better, but I mean, with fake boobs, you can totally go way too far. <laughs> you definitely can. And to that point, I've dated girls who, you know, who have had tiny boobs. And I'm, you know, I'm talking like a cup tiny boobs, but I wasn't like, mm-hmm. oh, we are not having sex because your yeah. boobs are too small. Well, not I- at all. I think there are guys who are totally into little boobs I mean, that are is, not into big boobs yeah. at all. There is that fetish, and there's the opposite fetish of guys who are totally into big boobs, and they would just stay away from the little boobs. But I have uh, not continued to date people because of their teeth. Because of their teeth. Yeah, I can see that. But at the same time, you get braces, you fix your teeth. That's the end of it. Boobs are a totally different story. Like, uh yeah, there was, There's so many ways you could go with that. Yeah. You know, there was a girl, not even braces, actually. There was a girl who I went on a date with once who had one really yellow tooth. And I just, I mm. I couldn't stop staring at it. 
figured there's a good chance she had done meth at some point. But even if it was, uh, you know, strictly medical, could not stop staring at it, could not go on another date because that one tooth was just too much for me. I mean, as he said, he he says that guys are much more visual yep. than than girls are, which is not something I disagree with. Um, you know, I don't. I, I've never been in the situation where there's been one bad tooth or something like that. So mm-hmm. I can't really say whether I would continue dating someone, but uh, it, it's interesting because to me, like uh, unless the teeth are just like absolutely repulsive, you know, I, I I've dated guys with crooked teeth who could probably use braces. <laughs> Not this guy. Not that guy. No. And, and to your point of guys being more visual, and I, I don't mean to bring up anything from the past necessarily, and I won't mention names. This will or, be interesting. You're going to know where this is going. Okay. I know that you went on a couple dates with someone who had a physical ailment of sorts. Uh-huh. Won't go into, won't go into detail, just to be courteous, but uh, you went on a few dates, you went on multiple dates, and uh, you know your friends were trying to tell you to keep going out with this guy. And you didn't, but I think if there's a good chance that if it was a guy and a girl mixed the girl had this same physical ailment that uh, unless the guy had something wrong with him the date would not dates would not continue does that make sense uh yeah i mean i would agree to a certain extent uh, ironically i stopped dating him because he didn't support my career <laughs> um but i three dates in and he didn't support your career <laughs> he was actually really negative about it oh, that's awesome like just like i would never I would never come to your performances. I would never. Hmm. I'm just not into it. I'm like, okay. Well. She's a stripper. For those of you who don't yeah, know, yeah, she's a stripper. Totally. Stripper. <laughs> she's an opera singer. All right. That's essentially all the questions I have. You guys don't have to have responses to this, but if you do, is there any uh, closing statements you'd like to make about him or the episode or about his, his thoughts, Deanna? Uh, no, I thought, I thought he was pretty interesting. Um, it's, it's nice to know that not every porn star does anal. Um, that kind of <laughs> worried me. Um, but no, all around, he, he was a pretty interesting guy. So and, awesome for being on your show. It was a great show. Well, thank you. Would you say that you agreed with some of the things that he had to say? I agree with some of them. I'm not going to say I agree with all of them. Right. I think we've discussed the ones you definitely don't agree with. Yeah. Um, but if it's working for him, then... Keep going. I mean, he he sounds like he's getting laid a lot. He's, <laughs> you know, Starbucks. He probably has the block card at Starbucks and everything else. So that's good for him. You know, yeah. if, if if it works for him, then keep going. <laughs> As a single guy, had I known Starbucks was that effective? <laughs> right? <laughs> Shannon, anything you'd like to add? Well, I think it was definitely interesting learning about our local Starbucks for sure. But um, That was off the I air. Think Oh, really? Uh, I'll tell everybody. We were talking, you know, we're uh, from the, the San Fernando Valley, porn capital of the world, and, and the Starbucks right next to our house, he said, is uh, very frequently visited by porn stars. Yes, so, so I look at it a whole new way every yes, time I every, go in there. Every time we walk in. No no pun on the whole whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think, you know, a lot of what he said was really interesting and made me made me think about people and their relationships and guys and girls and girls and other girls and how they uh, look upon other girls and their opinions about them. 
Um, I think that it made me think a lot about all of that. But that being said, I, I question a lot of what he says because I felt like it was a little bit contradictory at times, like with, you know, believing, being a feminist and believing that women, um, could do anything that guys do, but also believing that they fundamentally couldn't, um, was kind of an interesting idea. And I wonder what he thinks, you know, he says that his parents are happily married and have been together a really long time. I wonder if he thinks that his dad is incapable or if his dad has sacrificed something um, and whether he believes that, you know, he sh- his dad shouldn't have done that or, um, you know, I think that people make a lot of sacrifices in a relationship where they spend a long period of time with each other. You know, they don't always get 100% of everything they want because it's not about just that one person. It's about the two of them together. So I, it would be interesting to know what he thinks about his parents' relationship. Very true. All right. Well, ladies, thank you for, for joining me. Thank you for giving me your thoughts. Uh, thanks to Dave, of course, for being on the show. It was very informative. And uh, this was not meant to be a Dave bashing session by any means. This is, I wanted the ladies' opinions. He was talking about the ladies. I felt it was very appropriate. So, uh, Deanna, thank you for uh, calling in. Thank you for having me. And to uh, Shannon, thank you for sitting across from me. Absolutely. It was a long trip. So uh, yeah. So thanks again, ladies. And thanks to Dave for spending almost two hours with me and indulging all of my questions about his philosophies about the adult industry. Don't forget to get his book over on Amazon by clicking through our banner at IWantToKnowShow.com. It's called Obscene Thoughts, a pornographer's perspective on sex, love, and dating as well as his movie, Risky Business, A Look Inside America's Adult Film Industry. If you want to find out more about Dave, you can actually find him at DavePounder.com. Easy to remember. So thanks to Dave. Thanks to my favorite ladies. If you guys want to get more about this show, it's IWantToKnowShow.com. You can get me on Facebook. Give me uh, the thumbs up. I appreciate the likes more than you know. Over at Facebook.com slash IWantToKnowShow. Follow the show on Twitter at I want to know show you can follow me my personal account it's at TCS rebound all one word and don't forget to email the show I want to know pod at gmail.com if you have any questions suggestions or just general feedback about the show I love hearing from you guys for reals I need you to uh, keep sending me the feedback I want to know what you think I want to know if uh, these things are interesting to you. I think they are. I, I love talking to porn stars and Playboy bunnies and September 11th conspiracy theorists and Jonestown survivors. So let me know that I'm entertaining you guys. Anyways, that's all for tonight. I will catch you guys again in just a couple of short weeks. Don't forget the show drops every other Wednesday at IWantToKnowShow.com. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on Spreaker. We're on just about any podcast app you can think of. And if we're not, let me know, and I'll make sure we get on there. So thanks again to the listeners, to Dave, and to the ladies. And on that note, good night, everybody. Good night.